Swear to Jobs, I turn around for one hot take minute and we just get all of this. Sponsored by CuriosityStream. Okay, so there are a couple of new iPhone 13 and Apple Silicon leaks out there that are super interesting, but also a couple that are just WTF. I mean, ones that prove that 2020 is just the Exynos version of years. So I figured we play a new game called Real, Fake, and Really Fake. First up is ET News out of Korea claiming that Apple is drawing attention from the industries as it has begun looking for suppliers of folded cameras in order to strengthen optical zoom features of its iPhone, which isn't entirely new. Folded cameras or periscope cameras are already existing in the marketplace on Samsung and Huawei phones and something we've heard Apple has been interested in in the past. But then there's this. According to the industry on Thursday, Apple is pushing to introduce triple cameras on its iPhones. And I mean, ultra wide angle, wide angle, telephoto, LiDAR, already four cameras. Anyway, as I've explained before in these videos, ET News isn't a news outlet in the classical sense. It's more of an industry paper. And what that means is uh, the news is less news and more industry back channel. That makes the story potentially real, eventually real, but mostly just a giant component sales pitch for now. There is only a small number of companies globally that have commercialized folding cameras. Some of these companies include Samsung Electromechanics that supplied folded cameras for the Galaxy S20 Ultra model and Sunny Optical Technology based in China. Not really negotiations, not really uh, offerings, but sort of Samsung letting it be known that they have these things and they're probably already talking to Apple, but now making it public as probably part of the negotiations. Another official from the parts industry stated that there is a chance that the management of Samsung will not agree to a request from Apple as such a request can damage competitive edge of Samsung Electronics smartphone business. Samsung is a conglomerate and we have seen in the past that Samsung's component business has just been savage when it comes to selling the technologies. Like they are interested in being profitable as a component business. And historically, sometimes that's more profitable than Samsung's mobile business. And Apple is already has been and is a huge customer of Samsung. I mean, they buy Samsung's top end OLED manufacturing process every year. Apple might have their own designs, sometimes even their own materials requests, but Samsung is fabbing those as like a first class customer. And there's just, you know, a ton of other Samsung components that Apple uses across their range of products. So my guess is this is just saying it might be expensive, you know, the way those OLED panels are expensive. And again, less news and more negotiating. And I have no doubt that Apple is looking, at least considering Periscope zooms for future iPhones. And I personally really hope they go ahead and implement them because current iPhones, the optical zoom just isn't even competitive right now. And I know John Prosser covered this yesterday and pointed out that if sourcing is only happening now, it's unlikely a Periscope Zoom would make it into the 2021 iPhone. Maybe the 2022 iPhone 
at best, which is true if the sourcing is only happening now. Because Apple isn't a commodity phone vendor that can or will just throw together parts bin devices at a moment's notice. And that does have a downside. It prevents them from doing things like just welding on Touch ID at the last minute because the world suddenly changes. But up until now, it's let them push forward a lot of really well-planned, really well-integrated devices. And John also jokes that maybe folding the camera would get rid of increasingly large camera bump because it's flat. But sadly, that's just one camera in the system. The others are still stacked. And if Samsung or Huawei industrial design are anything to go by, the periscope makes the bump, well, just none more better. None more. Sorry, John. Next up. No. Just no. That's not how any of this works. It's Similar but different to all those benchmarks claiming to show M1 versus Intel Macs, but actually showing M1 versus the T2 coprocessors in those Intel Macs. I mean, benchmarking is hard, but those just point out how much better Apple's accelerator blocks have gotten from the A10 generation to the A14 generation. And that's fun. It's just completely different fun. In my last video on bad M1 hot takes, which if you missed it, make sure you hit that subscribe bell and button right now. In my last video, I talked about how I wished Linus would just stop doing wellness checks on the PCMR and just give M1 a chance. Not positive, not negative, but just passionate about new architectures, the same as if they were from Intel, NVIDIA, or AMD. Because like I said in that video, super intelligent, super experienced, super knowledgeable, and I would just love to see your take on all of this. But instead, we've gotten now video after unboxing, after clip video, complaining that people are misinterpreting you, dunking on your real money for an iPad with a touch bar hot takes, saying over and over and over and over and over and over again, you didn't say what you're literally in your own video saying, justifying it with a relentless focus on vague charts, just vague charts, vague charts, which totally get it. Stop talking over Dave2D already and move on to your own charts. Bring that immense knowledge and talent to it. Again, bring what you bring to your AMD coverage to it, like Anthony's Mac Mini, a video which was excellent because sincerely, respectfully, negativity isn't honesty, it's just negativity. And cynicism does not equal intelligence. A saying I personally love so much, I got it put on my very first t-shirt. No, that's the mug. Yes, there it is. I know it's not a headband, but how's that for a store throw? See, I'm learning from the best. Next, leaks. Specs have supposedly been revealed for the M1X system on a chip that'll be inside the higher end, more powerful MacBook Pros, Mac Minis, maybe lower end iMacs, except no, they totally haven't. An anonymous Twitter thirst trap posted what they claimed were leaks about the M1X or just whatever Apple ends up calling that higher core count version of the M1. And normally that would just be met with a stunning amount of silence, but a few tech sites, all owned by the same giant media company, no doubt facing just huge corporate pressure for page views, have started running them as though they're actual news. And I do not mean to be disrespectful about this at all. I love those sites. I've loved them for a long time. And I used to work for that big media company, so I truly understand. And if you're forced to cover stuff like that, 
You just cover it as though it's fake. You know, inform the audience about M1X in general, but point out that these sorts of leaks are bogus and point people to better sources of information. And if you did that, I would be so there for it. I'd be so down, at least as a way to balance journalistic responsibility with the need to keep the lights on in 2020, the ethical demolition derby of years. But you just, you you can't run it as though it's actual news because other sites picked it up some adding better context, but others not. And then YouTubers started picking it up as well. And then next thing you know, it's on Linus Clips. And just no, Murder Hornets level no. There is absolutely no doubt Apple is working on more M-series chipsets for higher-end Macs. Johnny Saruji announced a family of SOCs at WWDC. So just look at his graph, move up the line, and scale out to 12 cores and beyond. It's really just math at that point. Next up, Guomingji is back. Yes, back again. And according to his latest research note via iMore's Stephen Warwick, Quo reiterated reports that in 2021, Apple released two new MacBook Pros with a new design, likely a 14-inch and 16-inch model featuring Apple Silicon and Mini LED. And if you're not familiar with Mini LED, it uses really small pixels and local dimming zones to provide just many of the benefits of OLED, things like deeper blacks and higher contrast ratios, but without some of the problems that have historically plagued OLED, like smearing, pulse width modulation, burn-in, off-axis color shifting, just all of those things. It's like better LCD though, not truly better OLED, which is supposed to be coming to the Apple Watch and eventually the iPhone via the confusingly similarly named micro LED. Anyway, if Apple only stuck to the existing designs for the MacBook Air and the lower end MacBook Pro, what I keep calling the MacBook Air Pro, to get them out faster, then we could conceivably see these new designs with the higher end pros to make them just that much more attractive, especially when you start including technologies like mini LED, which is just hella nerd exciting and would probably give everyone who's into those higher end products just that many more reasons, that many more excuses, frankly, to upgrade to them as fast as inhumanly possible. And Guo also says that in 2022, there will be a new MacBook Air featuring a fresh design that will be priced lower than the current M1 version. And that's because the cost of Apple Silicon is so much lower than Intel that Apple can offset the increased cost of the mini LED technology. And that strikes me as real or at least authentic. Apple sometimes lowers prices at the bottom end. They have sort of ideal pricing that when it's forced up because of new technology and new costs, they try to bring it back down as quickly as possible. But at the middle to higher end, they usually maintain those prices because they want those as sort of the way to balance out the average selling price across the line. And they use any existing savings from components that get reduced prices over time to introduce new, more advanced technologies to sort of eat up that budget. So using any and all savings that they get right now off of Intel chips to pay for mini LED at the same price point, again, just makes the kind of sense that does. Same with lowering the price of the MacBook Air, because that would just be very similar to the existing iPad strategy, where yes, the iPad Pro has maintained, even increased the price over time, Apple has been able to push a lot of those technologies down. Things like Apple Pencil and the smart keyboard, just push those down to the entry-level iPad price, which at 329 
remains one of the best deals in tech. And if they could do something similar with the MacBook Air, and that is keep introducing new technologies in the higher priced MacBooks and then pushing those down to the MacBook Air, even if they have previous generation M-series processors, they could be hugely compelling once that price falls below $999, down to $899, maybe even $799 one day. That is the strategy for taking the air out of the market that Apple employed with the iPad and now also with things like the Apple Watch SE and the Apple Watch Series 3 sticking around and certainly the iPhone SE over time. And it would be no surprise. In fact, it would probably be a lot of delight for anybody and everybody if they started employing it with the MacBook Air as well. Frankly, it would be almost as good a deal as CuriosityStream coming bundled with Nebula. Nebula is a streaming platform I'm building along with my education-y creator friends like Alex, a low-spec gamer, Jordan Harrod, TechAlter, Epos Vox, Real Engineering, Real Science, and so many more. It's a place where we can put up extended and bonus content without having to worry about demonetization or the tyranny of the click-through rate, watch times, or the algorithm, even ads. You can find full-length versions of my videos from this week with Jonathan Morrison and SDW from Halide. Also, all of my videos completely ad-free, including Georgia and my new podcast, Apple Talk, which has a bonus topic every week available only on Nebula. I know, what does all this have to do with CuriosityStream? Well, as the go-to source for the best documentaries on the internet, they just love educational content and thoughtful creators. And so we worked out this deal where if you sign up for CuriosityStream with the link in the description, not only do you get CuriosityStream, but you also get a Nebula subscription for free. And for a limited time, CuriosityStream is offering 26% off all of their annual plans. And 26% off is just the best deal you'll find anywhere. So click on the link in the description and get CuriosityStream for 26% off and Nebula for free. Or you can go to curiositystream.com slash Rene Ritchie. It is a phenomenal way to support this channel and educational content directly for just $14.79 per year. Per year. Just click the link in the description or go to curiositystream.com slash Rene Ritchie. And clicking on that link really helps out this channel. For a ton more on M1 and Apple Silicon Macs, click on the playlist above. I'm doing in-depth analysis, reviews, and lots, lots more. So click on the playlist and I'll see you next video.